Well, hello, our fellow weirdos. It's Dom, and welcome to this bonus episode of Horror House, True Crime, and the Macabre. So, a Halloween episode on Christmas. What is this? Well, one, this is Horror House, after all. And two, to quote the Blink-182 song, I Miss You, we'll have Halloween on Christmas. So, sit back and enjoy this bonus episode centred all around the origins of Halloween that me and Amy recorded on Halloween. And until next time, as always, stay spooky. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. As the leaves turn vibrant autumn shades, temperatures drop and you start to pull out sweaters and jackets, it's time to deck out your porch with pumpkins and get to carving. Halloween, which is observed on October the 31st, means an evening of fun filled with costumes, frightening sweets, trick-or-treating, Halloween party games, and, for adults only, boozy Halloween cocktails. Do you ever ponder Halloween's history and roots, including its significance and whether it is a pagan or Christian holiday amidst all the festivities? Join us for this month's spooky bonus episode as we discuss the history, traditions and rituals of the scariest time of the year, Halloween. Well, hello, our fellow weirdos. It's your resident spooks, Dom. And Amy. And this is a special spooky bonus episode of Horror House, True Crime and the Macabre. We hope everyone is doing well on this Monday. And remember, people listening, that you are an amazing human being doing amazing things. And you are just awesome. Amy, how are you feeling this fine day? I'm always feeling good on Halloween. I love Halloween. Oh, yeah. Never underestimate how much I love Halloween. <laughs> spooky. The spooky, se- spooky season is the best season by far. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It craps absolutely. on everything else. It really does. Like, people don't understand when I say I like it. I like Halloween and that sort of area more than I like Christmas. Because, like, how can you like something more when you don't get presents oh, for no. it? Oh, no. But I, I just love it. I think it's great. Oh, no, absolutely. Halloween is far superior. Like, someone I someone I work with, like, is the other day was like, Christmas is coming. And I was like, yeah, but Halloween is better. Exactly. <laughs> Halloween I refuse, is so much better. Like, I refuse give, to talk about Christmas until Halloween is over. Abso- oh, do you know what's going to annoy you in that case? What? Do you know what they've done at the outlet centre at work? What? They've put the Christmas decorations up. Ugh. The Christmas light turn on is next week that's literally before no it's that's before halloween <laughs> that's wrong they're doing that, the turn oh, on before so halloween yeah, I'm pretty sure. it's like the giant bulbuls up the tinsels around the roofs of the shops yeah it's yeah it, it annoyed oh, me that's greatly just <laughs> I was just like, what the so fuck is that? <laughs> I, I got really upset the other day because they've taken all of the halloween 
like decorations and like homeware and stuff out of TK Maxx and started replacing it with the Christmas stuff. Like it's not even Halloween yet. I haven't done my Halloween shopping. I basically deck out my entire house during Halloween season from TK Maxx and you've not given me a chance to shop before you've got the Christmas stuff in. That's not fair. That's that's egregious. Absolutely egregious from TK Maxx. It's just it's just upsetting, Dom. Man, you know. We've start we started this episode with me being incredibly upset. It's it's just not cricket, is it? Um so today it's all about the spooky. And being officially Halloween, what better way to celebrate than with a bonus episode dedicated to the spookiest of days? And we're going to talk about the origins of Halloween. We're going to talk about the traditions. We're going to talk about the rituals of days gone by. We're going to get into all the spooky. So make, a, make yourself hot chocolate, put on your favorite Halloween jumper, get a blanket and get cozy. Amy, are you ready to get spooked? I've never been more ready for anything. <laughs> yes. Cool. So Halloween as we know it, uh, has Christian roots from the Middle Ages. The Middle and Old English terms for holy are the source of the word hallow. Saint is another word for it as a noun. In those days, the Christian holiday we know as All Saints Day was called All Hallows Day. And the day before, when an evening mass was held, was called All Hallows Eve. That three-word name eventually got shortened to Halloween. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of um, Soween, um, which is pronounced entirely different to how it's spelt. It's spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Soween. I don't know what's going on with that word. Not going to lie. I'm really proud that you got that right. Being of Celtic oh, descent, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud that you got that right. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> The the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, uh, the United Kingdom and Northern France, celebrated their new year on November the 1st. This day marks the end of the summer and the end of the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. We can't get away from the death. <laughs> the death follows everywhere, <laughs> this, was, everywhere this podcast goes. That was really dark. Happy New Year, everyone. Time to die. Uh, Celts believed that on the night before the New Year, the boundary between the world of the living and the world of the dead would become blurred. On the night of October the 31st, they would celebrate Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth. I have a feeling I bombed that pronunciation that time, though. I don't know if I got that right a second time. No, you're still good. It's still good. Don't panic. <laughs> Watch it come up another 10 times in this outline and then I have like a fucking crisis. <laughs> you, you say it different every time. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so the Celts believed that the presence of the supernatural spirits uh, made it simpler for the Druids or Celtic priests to make future forecasts in addition to causing difficulties and harming harvests. These forecasts served as a significant source of solace for a people wholly reliant on the unpredictable natural environment during the long, dark winter. Uh, Pope Boniface uh, VI 
uh, inaugurated the Catholic Feast of All Victims Day in the Western Church on May the 13th, 609 AD, uh, when he dedicated the Pantheon in Rome to all Christian martyrs. That was very kind of him. Here's the Pantheon. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Enjoy. Uh, Later, Pope Gregory III changed the date of the celebration from May the 13th to November the 1st and broadened the event to include all martyrs and saints. Saints were just like, hey, we want the Pantheon too. We want in on this. Why why is all the martyrs getting in? Where's our Pantheon? (laughs) We're here as well, guys. Uh, By the 9th century, Christianity's influence had reached the Celtic nations, where it progressively assimilated with and replaced pre-Christian Celtic practices. The church would designate November the 2nd as All Souls Day in 1000 AD as a day to remember the deceased. Uh, Today, it is generally accepted that the church tried to replace the Celtic Feast of the Dead with a comparable church-approved celebration. Goddamn church. (laughs) Can't let anyone have fun. You have to bring it about of your own version. It's probably just more bread and wine. They probably just added a few extra loaves and fishes and went, yeah, that's Christian now. (laughs) Uh, Similar to Soween, All Souls Day was observed with large bonfires, parades, and uh, people dressed as saints, angels, and demons. The holiday known as All Saints Day is also known as All Hallows or All Hallowmas from the Middle English word All Hallowmes, which means All Saints Day. And the night before it, known as Soween in the the Celtic faith, started to be termed All Hallows' Eve, and then eventually Halloween. So when did Halloween come to the good old US of A? Well, colonial New England's strict Protestant religious, uh, religious beliefs severely restricted the Halloween festivities. In Maryland and the southern colonies, Halloween was considerably more common. A uniquely American interpretation of Halloween started to take shape when the beliefs and traditions of various European ethnic groups and American Indians would converge. The uh, first harvest festivities uh, were play parties um, at which, uh, which were air, uh, which were open air gatherings. Neighbours would sing and dance while exchanging ghost stories and fortunes. The telling of ghost stories and various forms of mischief were also a part of the traditional Halloween celebrations in the past. Annual autumn celebrations were widespread by the middle of the 19th century, although Halloween was not yet observed nationwide. Uh, America would experience a massive influx of new immigrants in the second half of the 19th century. These new arrivals, particularly the countless Irish who had fled the Irish potato famine, helped make Halloween a national holiday. Due to the Celts' uh, polytheistic uh, beliefs, the early pagan feast of Samhain comprised numerous ritualistic procedures to establish a connection with spirits. Uh, While little is known about these events, many people think of the Celts dressed up for them uh, sorry, many people think the Celts dressed up for them. Uh, admittedly, they were probably as simple as animal hides, ate special feasts, and constructed lanterns out of uh, hollowed-out gourds. Thus, the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. Little fun fact, unintentionally. 
gourd. I just like the word gourd. The ancient gourd is a good word, to be fair. Um, oh, my gourd. The ancient... <laughs> my gourd. <laughs> um, the ancient esoteric rites gave way to more jovial fun and games. For instance, the more jovial concept of telling the future was used in place of the fairly serious concept of connecting to the dead. It's a shame you have to go through all this to connect to the dead. It's a shame you can't just like, you know, FaceTime them. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a long-winded process. I don't like by the time I've gone through all this, I don't know if I'd even be interested in communicating with the dead anymore. I'd just be like, you know what? I'm over it. <laughs> this is this is I'd be too much effort. Too much work. But by the time you've got on your, right. your animal yeah, I'd be well and, and you've carved your gourds and you've, you know, done your summoning, <laughs> then it'd be like, oh, sorry, Nan. I know it's been a few years since you passed and we haven't really spoken, but I'm shattered. I can't be asked. <laughs> oh, poor Granny is getting no... N- nobody wants to talk to Granny. Sorry, Nan. We're too tired. <laughs> it's too Off much. Off your pot. <laughs> On All Hallows' Eve, for instance, the game of uh, Bob for Apples gained popularity as a form of fortune-telling. Apples would be chosen to represent uh, all of a woman's suitors and the uh, potential suitor, or Apple in this case, she would ultimately bite into would be said to indicate her future husband, which is bonkers. You could definitely rig that as well. Like, if you really wanted to, you know, get off with a girl, you could make sure that your apple was, like, the smallest one so it'd fit in her mouth easier, which is not a sentence that I should be saying. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you could rig it, (laughs) is what I'm saying. I was about to I was like, is that a euthanism? Are we still talking about apples? (laughs) If basically, if you want to be a woman suitor, make sure your apple fits in her mouth. <laughs> Every episode, we we get closer to genuinely doing a collab with uh, my dad wrote a porno. Yeah, that's what we're working towards. Uh, uh, so young ladies in the 19th century also had a huge, though somewhat superstitious opportunity to meet men on Halloween. Uh, mirror gazing was another common All Hallows Eve custom in which participants sought to see their future selves by gazing into a mirror. Uh, there are also claims that earlier times would see the distribution of favours uh, which resembled fortune cookies. The letters were folded and put into walnut shells uh, after being written on pieces of paper in milk. The, the messages would magically emerge on the recipient's paper after the shells were heated over a fire, turning the milk just the right shade of brown. Gross. That is just a madness. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I crazy. I just don't want to choose. I don't like, <laughs> like any of these ways of choosing a suitor. Like, I don't no. want to have to stick my head in a bucket full of apples. I definitely don't want to just be sitting staring into the mirror and hoping someone stares back at me and i 100% don't want to be turning my walnut milk the right shade of brown it's it just all sounds a bit weird like <laughs> just go to the bar and see if someone buys you a shot like a normal person <laughs> um 
in the in the late 1800s there was a movement in america to change halloween from a celebration of ghosts tricks and witchcraft to one that was more about neighborhood and community gatherings halloween parties for both kids and adults were the most popular way to commemorate the holiday at the turn of the century uh, the focus was on parties with games seasonal delicacies and festive attire uh, newspapers and local authorities would urge parents to remove anything quote-unquote scary or grotesque from Halloween celebrations. By the start of the 20th century, Halloween had mostly lost its superstitious and religious connotations as a result of these efforts. These goddamn pushy parents. It's too scary. The thing is, like, if, it's, it if it's not scary, then what is it? It's just, I don't know. Nothing. I, yeah. That's the whole point, is that it's supposed I, I to mean, be a little exactly, bit scary. Like, Halloween without the spook is, I mean, well, it's not Halloween, is it? <laughs> like, I feel Halloween like we need to, you know how people around Christmas, not to talk about Christmas, because obviously that's a bit of a taboo subject, you know, in a Halloween episode, but it kind <laughs> of feels like, you know how people talk about, oh, we need to remember the true meaning of Christmas. We need to remember that it's about, you know, the baby Jesus' birthday or whatever. I feel like we need to do that with Halloween. We need to remember the fact that it's about communicating with the dead and, and connecting with the spirits. So it is a bit friggin' spooky. It's not like a, a walk in the park. Yeah. It's not a trip to the candy shop. It's, it's scary stuff. And, you know, the, if the kids can't handle that, then, I don't know, put them to bed early or something. If the kids can't handle that, handle that then they are soft. Soft as Phoenix. <laughs> they need they need tough enough. <laughs> Poor kids. Um they shouldn't get so goddamn scared. I mean, probably to be fair, the kids probably weren't scared. It's probably the parents that just being like, we can't let them have any fun. By the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties, Halloween had evolved into a secular but neighborhood focused celebration, with parades and Halloween parties serving as the main attractions. Uh, vandalism started to affect some events in many areas at this time, despite the efforts of many schools and towns. Uh, by the 1950s, local officials had successfully reduced vandalism and Halloween had changed into a celebration mostly aimed for kids. The birth boom of the 1950s would produce a large number of small children, Thus, celebrations migrated from town uh, municipal buildings to classrooms and homes where they could be accommodated more readily. Um, Trick-or-treating uh, on Halloween in America likely originated with early All Souls Day parades in England. Uh, poor people would beg for food during the festivities and in exchange for their vow to pray for the family's deceased relatives, Families would offer them treats called soul cakes. Soul That's cake. also made trick or treating like a little tiny bit depressing. Oh man, this episode is going to ruin Halloween, isn't it? I don't think it's going to ruin <laughs> Halloween. I think as long as we bring back the true meaning and we remind ourselves. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe a good idea is to remember that trick or treating was initially started accidentally by the poor begging for treats and maybe when we go trick-or-treating and we i mean not me and you because obviously 
we're not going to do that. But when the kids go trick-or-treating and they get lots of treats, that they should share some of those treats with those less fortunate to remember how it all started. Yeah, absolutely. No, and absolutely. that might be the nicest that thing is... I've ever said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably is. I'm, I mean, I'm yep. joking. I mean, you, you say nice things all the time. <laughs> right sure uh the church promoted the distribution of uh soul cakes as a replacement for the traditional custom of leaving food and wine out for wandering spirits um i just just like you leave stuff out for santa claus leave food and wine out for the ghosties that are, that are just wandering around i'm sure that's their number one priority as like lost souls they're just roaming the earth stuck here in purgatory and their first thought is oh do you know what i really need a snack <laughs> and a glass of merlot <laughs> oh that's actually what i'm drinking right now um i'm not a lost soul but <laughs> <laughs> uh children eventually adopted the custom of oh this is brilliant so children eventually adopted the custom of going a so- going a souling where they would visit the homes in their neighborhood and receive ale food and money Going a souling. What? Why are they giving kids ale? <laughs> I don't know. No, why I do mean, kids love it so much? They're all pissed. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was just a thing. Maybe kids at this time period just smashed ale. Just going just going to the yeah. just going to just going to souling. Just gonna get me some ale. I mean, up until very recently, wine was on the menu in like French secondary schools. So you had like 13-year-olds just having a glass of wine at lunchtime. So I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, so yeah, they they got their ale, they got their food, and they got their dollar-dollar bills. Halloween costume wear is a custom with both European and Celtic roots. Uh, winter in those days was an ominous and frightening season. For the numerous people who were scared of the dark, food supplies frequently ran low and the few winter days were filled with uh, continual anxiety. People used to fear leaving their homes on Halloween since it was thought that ghosts returned to the physical world at that time. People would wear masks when they left their homes after dark so that the ghosts would believe them to be other ghosts in order to escape being recognised by the spirits. Halloween has long been a mysterious, magical and superstitious occasion. It started as a Celtic end of summer event when people felt particularly connected to their departed loved ones. They burned lights to aid loved ones in returning to the spirit realm, put gifts on doorsteps and by the sides of roads and set places at the dinner table for these uh, amiable spirits. But what about the Halloween traditions and beliefs Uh, that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about. Many of these obsolete rituals focused on the future instead of the past and the living instead of the dead. Many of them in particular dealt with encouraging young women to find their future spouses and telling them that they would eventually be married, hopefully by next Halloween. Why why are these old Halloween traditions just hell-bent on (laughs) matchmaking women with their future spouses? I don't... I don't know. Why Probably because the scariest thing for a woman back then was to not be married by next Halloween. <laughs> Maybe. 
On Halloween night, a matchmaking cook in 18th century Ireland may conceal a ring in her mashed potatoes in the hopes that the diner who found it would find true love and hope to fuck they don't choke on it and die, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, okay, so if you find it and don't choke, you're going to get married. But if you find it and do choke, then unlucky. See you on next Halloween when we call you up on the spirit FaceTime. Like, that's that's not fun. <laughs> I don't, like <laughs> that's just wild. We're like putting a ring in someone's mashed potatoes. <laughs> I do like, feel like I want to bring some of these things. I back. bet you're like, yeah, yeah. The ring in the mash. Yeah. That's gonna I mean, be fun. It'll be fun for like everybody else who doesn't accidentally swallow that ring. Surely, like if like if you're like, say for example, you are starving. You are so fucking hungry, and you get your plate of mashed potatoes which has got the ring in it you're not you're just going to be shoveling that in your mouth you're gonna like you're gonna go wild and you're just gonna be hoofing it in like <laughs> and then you, i mean if you're, you're not choking if you're, on a wedding ring <laughs> if you're really lucky then the bare minimum damage that you're going to get is like a chip tooth from biting down on a ring that you weren't expecting and plus in mashed potato as well like no one's really properly chewing mashed potato you're probably I was just about to say, no one's biting that. <laughs> like you say, there's no chewing of mashed potato. <laughs> like you're just shoveling that in and swallowing. Like you're Can not you imagine as well. Someone, like there's someone someone's... in. So picture the scene, right? I'm going to paint you a little picture. It's Halloween night. You're sitting down to your <laughs> Halloween meal. You're eating your mashed potato and you're enjoying it. You don't notice, obviously you're not chewing your mashed potato, so you don't notice the fact that there's a ring in it and you swallow that ring whole. You continue with your festivities, you contact the spirits, you get a bit nervous about contacting the spirits because it's all a bit spooky. And then like a day later, you shit out a wedding ring. That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) It is to be fair. Like if if you just saw a wedding ring in your shit, you'd you'd be, yeah, you wouldn't be feeling great afterwards, would you? No, <laughs> you're gonna think there's some sort of weird wedding curse on you. Oh, definitely. Like back in this, back in these days, like everyone was all about curses, so you would definitely think that someone legit cursed you or something. I'm never gonna get married because I accidentally oh, shit on weddings. <laughs> In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, uh, the story goes, represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burnt away symbolised a love that would not last. I don't know if that's more bonkers than the mashed potato thing. Or the fortune cookie thing? I mean, I've I've heard of this. I'm again, I'm I'm of Scottish descent, so I've heard of this, and I'd love to defend it. I'd love to be like, oh, you know what? That sounds legit. But you can't base your future husband on a roasted hazelnut. <laughs> like it's quite literally nuts <laughs> to do that. It's it's stupid. And plus, it, how would that equate to modern yes. day? Like, are you sticking your fingers in a jar of Nutella and see if you, you can find a name in there? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty wild, isn't it? Um, I appreciated the nut pun, by the way. Thank you. Very much so. Thank you. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's crazy. The competition in other rituals was the focal point. Uh, for example, the first party goer to locate a burr while searching for chestnuts at a Halloween gathering would be the first to be hitched. Uh, at other parties, the first successful apple bobber would be the one to walk down the aisle first. Uh, of course, whether we're asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each one of these Halloween superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts would feel so very keenly. And that brings us to the end of our October bonus episode, which was all about the spookiest day of spooky season. Amy, how did you find that Halloween walk down history lane? I found it very interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about Halloween. I'm, like I say, I'm I'm very into Halloween partly because it's fun. Like I'm, I like spooky stuff, and it's a day to celebrate spooky stuff. But also because I'm a practicing pagan witch, so it's a big day for us, and you know, I get excited about it. But I didn't realize how many old tra- Halloween traditions revolved around finding a husband. <laughs> I did think no, it, would, right. it would be more communicating with spirits <laughs> and less trying to get laid, if I'm being honest. But, you know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Turns out Halloween is just a bunch of people wanting to, you know, to, to have a man just dive in. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's it not too different now because nowadays all Halloween is is like going to costume parties and thinking of a costume like it's it's one of those I feel like it's a meme where it's like you have the normal version of a costume and then the slutty version of a costume so basically we're doing the same thing yeah. now it's like oh, what are you going as for Halloween yeah. I'm going as a slutty policewoman like that you're just trying to find a suitable mate listen love pop the costume away all you need to do is get a handful of hazelnuts and see which one pops first and then you'll know <laughs> All you need to do is throw apple peels over your shoulder. And if they spell out a name, that is the person who you're going to marry. <laughs> All I've got in my head is like, you know, those um, like vines and stuff where people like spill something on the floor or there's like noodles or whatever. And they spill it. And then when, <laughs> when they go, it just says send yeah. nudes, like throw the apple peel over your shoulder and then send the nudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people like putting, putting like apple peels just like leading to their door, just like, I hope the gothic doll doesn't come in. Oh no, please. Here's, <laughs> here's a photo of you right next to my door. Please don't come in. Oh no. <laughs> it always makes me laugh because I, I like, as a teenager, I was always goth. So you would get like the boys in school, you know, like the proper chabby boys that would be like, oh, nice outfit, love. Is it Halloween? Like meaning it to be an insult. And every time they said it, I was always like, what a compliment. I must look like the shit. Like I'm I look great. <laughs> uh I mean, well, I as 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 you know, I I do like myself a bit of a little bit of gothic. So yeah. <laughs> um Who doesn't? Cool. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I hope that I hope. Still in solo podcast mode occasionally. We hope that you enjoyed this little bonus episode it was really fun to research a little bit of halloween lore a bit of halloween history and we hope you enjoyed it amy would you like to see us out 
on this here bonus episode. I would love to see us out on this episode. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for signing up to the Patreon. Um, and have a very, very, very happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.